Numbers 13, I want to read to you from verse 30 to 33. We started sharing on this radical faith theme. And I just want to take it to another dimension. There's no way I can finish also today. Let's clear our throats and read together. Ready? Read. That's not everybody. Let's read together. Ready? Read. And said, let us go up at once and take possession. But the men were not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. Verse 32. A bad report of the land. Which they had spied out. A man of great stature. Verse 33 everybody. Then we saw the giants. The descendants of Enoch. Came from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in their own sight, and so were we in their sight. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I want to first of all say to you, with much assurance, that you are not the person you see in front of the mirror. I appreciate you. I love the way you look. Your body was given to you to function on the checkout pavements of mortality. You are able to go to school, you are able to drive, you are able to talk to people, you are able to contest an election, you are able to work because you have a physical body. But you are not that physical body. As simple as that appears, as simple as that sounds, it's critical to everything about your Christianity. Because God doesn't relate to your physical body. I'm not saying he doesn't care about it, but it, that's not who he relates to. God relates to your spirit man. So some people have heard that you, some people see this way, you have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. You know, I'm three, I have a spirit. No, you don't have a spirit, you are a spirit being. So when God is talking to you, God is not talking to that person you see in front of the mirror. So it is said that someone died when the spirit man on their inside steps out. So the spirit can live without the body, but the body cannot live without the spirit. In fact, Apostle James says something beautiful. He says, the same way the body cannot live without the spirit, he says, faith without works or corresponding action is tantamount to being dead. So Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are physical. They are spirit. So I'm not talking to your physical body. My words are spirit, so I'm relating to your spirit man. Peter says there is a hidden man on our inside. There is a hidden man on our inside. So there is no way you can believe God's word. If you do not understand who God is talking to. So you look at your natural descent. Oh, I'm from a poor family. There is no way God could have been telling me that I'm the head and not the tail. I don't even represent the head at all. With what I've dealt with, God is not referring to that person. You are inside a car. And I tell you, safe journey. I'm not talking to the car. I'm talking to you. The vehicle was supposed to help you to get to where you're headed. I'm talking to you. How many know you could be in a very good car, but if you're sleepy, you could be an accident going somewhere to happen. So I could look at you and say, hey, hey, you feel sleepy, don't drive. I'm not talking to the car, I'm talking to you. When I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to the capacity of the car, I'm talking to what a human can do. There are things your spirit man can do that your body cannot do. Hmm. Some of you are shocked when someone is coming to visit you and you just dreamt or you just felt like the person was coming because you're supernatural. See, every time you see supernatural, there is such a thing as the deja vu. Like, this looks like me. 
Because you were made supernatural. Some of us need to go study man before Genesis chapter 3. Before Genesis chapter 3, the man we see after Genesis chapter 3 is different from the man before Genesis chapter 3. Adam was supernatural. Historians and theologians believe that Adam heard when the leaves moved. Adam heard the voices of animals. There were places Adam went to. The only way to the places were through water. Bible says there was a land called Avila. The gold there was very good. And the road to the place was called Pison. A river called Pison. No way. River could not drown Adam. It was a superman. But man fell and lost that glory. The animals that used to come to Adam and couldn't eat him began to eat him. We started seeing beware of dogs. That was why Jesus had to come without that sperma of Adam. So he was born. It was an immaculate conception. Like Adam was born. The only difference was that he grew up. Adam was made a full grown man. So many times they wanted to kill Jesus. And he would get to a place and unlock his power and walk through the midst of them because man is supernatural. Jesus looked at, Jesus would see men and cry. He saw Lazarus the way he decayed and wept because in his heart he said, no, this was not what man was supposed to be. So what had happened to you by being born again is that that candle that was switched off in Genesis 3 was lit up again. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him. You see, your mind, your body cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are nonsense to you. I love the way, I can't read this without reading the Amplified Version. The Amplified is not another Bible. It means it blows it out. Shows you how it is. I'm talking gently, but you can hear me all over this building because my voice is amplified through the microphone. He says, but the natural, non-spiritual, you see, this is not spiritual. Does not accept, welcome, admit into his heart the gifts and the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God for they are, number one, folly to him, they are meaningless to him, they are nonsense to him and is incapable of knowing them and of progressively understanding or recognizing and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned, they are spiritually estimated and they are spiritually appreciated. So when someone like me, haven't read the scripture, uh, see people that are not saved or those who have not renewed their minds with God's word when I see them talk about pastors talk about Christianity make a mess of speaking in tongues and make a mess of kingdom, kingdom principles I forgive them remember Jesus said forgive them they don't know what they're doing the Bible says they naturally uh, uh, someone that has an outlook from the natural outlook of life the paradigm of life from the natural cannot they are nonsense to him and what's the difference between us and them? We're not more special. It's just that we are, we've received a revelation from the Spirit. Before Genesis chapter number 3, Adam lived by revelation. After Genesis chapter 3, he lived by information. The mind can only receive information, not revelation. It is with heart. When you see the word spirit or heart, in the Bible, they refer to the human spirit on your inside. They refer to the inner man. It is with the heart that man believes. Not with mind. It is with heart. So in Job 32 verse 8, the Bible says there is a spirit in man. Job 32 8, there is a spirit in man. Put your hand on your chest say, hi spirit. <laughs> there, there is a spirit in man. You see, women tap into that dimension. Our forefathers called every woman a witch. Because women can smell rats from afar. If your wife warns you about something, you better listen. My grandmother told me, she said it is because we, she said it, she said we ladies, we women, we are the ones that give birth to you guys. So we, we relate to it. 
I don't know if this happened to you. Your wife was pregnant. You had a child before. And the first person that knew in that family was that little boy. How did he know? He started crying. He started craving for attention. Because he's a spirit being. He's not being taught how to be human. Oh, I wish I... That boy is speaking things. So you're not trying to be spiritual. You are actually trying to be human. Your, the secular education is training your mind how to function here, which is okay. But you must understand that you live in two worlds. And when it comes to the things of the kingdom, there is no way you can be all you're supposed to be leaning to the ham of flesh. And I just hope you'll come on Tuesday so that I can do justice to what I'm saying. In Proverbs 20 and 27, the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. When you hear candle or light or lamp, it refers to illumination. It refers to illumination. It says when God wants to give you understanding, it relates to your spirit. He was talking about worship in John chapter number 4. He says God is spirit. And whoever wants to worship him must relate to him from their human spirit. The word truth there means according to the word of God because thy word is truth. So somebody cannot say, well, uh, there are many ways to reach God. Some, one person cannot say it's one way. <laughs> if you want to reach me, I'm the only one that can tell you how to reach me. Say, so God is spirit. And he's seeking to worship us. That we worship him from the spirit. He's talking about the fact that they must relate to him from that human spirit. And according to the will of God. Listen to me. Every word of God to you is true. The reason why you don't believe is that you're trying to believe from your mind. And what your mind does, what, one thing that people don't know is that the soul is compartmentalized into many compartments. There is memory that reminds you of your past. There is feeling that tells you about your present. There is imagination that tells you about your future. When those things are not galvanized by the word of God, they can make you go left. Oh yeah, the devil can remind you of 10 reasons why God is not faithful. I can never forget. I was shopping in Dubai for a project that church had. I went with some engineers and architects. And in the middle of it, I saw a bicycle and I said, oh wow, my son is going to like this. So I bought the tiny bicycle, the little bicycle for him. And when the containers arrived, I told the staff, please bring this bicycle out. But they didn't listen to me. So I had a conversation with my son one afternoon. And I said, well, I was talking to him and he said, Daddy, it seems God doesn't answer prayers. I said, he does. I began to share the word with him. So I told him, I said, tell me one. He said, Daddy, you won't believe this. I asked God for a bicycle. I asked God for a bicycle. And he didn't give it to me. I said, oh. I said, son, you will not believe this. I bought you a bicycle already. I bought you a bicycle already. He was so glad. To see that God had answered his prayers. I tell you the truth. Not one word from God is a lie. If I had not had that conversation with my son, he would have grown up with that mentality. That God answers prayer sometimes. If that prayer is according to the will of God. If it is not yet answered, keep breathing. If it is delayed, it is because it's the latest. Can somebody shout Hallelujah. Can somebody shout hallelujah? In Luke one thirty-seven, the Bible says, With God all things are possible. For with God all things are possible. The Greek says, No word from God is void of power. No word from God is void of power. It means what he says. He says what he means. No word from God is void of power. So let me approach our text because of time. In Numbers 13 and verse 16, let me set a backdrop. God will never take you to anywhere you have not been. You know, I said that on Tuesday. And my son said to me, Daddy, what do you mean? That God will not take me to where I have not been. Listen to me. They, they, I, think, I think the second Miss America, I can't remember whether it was the first or the second. 
She was 18 when she became Miss America. And the interviewer said to her, were you not scared when you walked on the runway? She said, no. I've been on that way a, a lot of times in my mind. You remember the pandemonium that happened in the city. And a blind man began to talk to people. What is happening? What is happening? And somebody said to him with sarcasm, haven't you read the papers this morning? And like he was serious, he gave money to somebody around him and said, buy me papers. Read it to me. As the person read the paper to the blind man, the blind man said, I see. I see. What do you see with your eyes of understanding? Apostle Paul never prayed that a born again believer should have anything. Bible declares that all things are yours already. And when pastors begin to preach like this, we begin to preach, we begin to sound like we are not real. You came to church and said you wanted to, you wanted the truth. And when the truth has been preached, you can't receive the truth. Just like, you know, I think it was in Macbeth. They said, tell us the whole truth. They said, it's not that I don't want to tell you the whole truth. The issue is, can you handle the truth? Tap your neighbor and say, can you handle the truth? Facts are different from the truth. It's even possible you have a struggle in your life. It's possible that you've never had a place of your own all your life. Not even the toys you played with growing up was your own. You borrowed it. And then pastor is telling you that all things are yours. What meanest thou? A kitty preacher. <laughs> what are you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? By saying all things are mine. In 1 Corinthians 3.21 The Bible says, let no one glory in themselves. For all things are yours. All things are yours. Believe me, when the Bible says all things are yours. Look at Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. The Bible says, blessed be the, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is going to bless us? Come on, you see the problem is we have unbelieving believers. You are believers but you are unbelieving. You read it, you say, that's right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you don't really believe it. The difference between you and your neighbor is believing. Another word for Christianity is believing. Everything about Christianity is driven by believing God. So unbelief is not your friend. Unbelief is not your friend. Anybody feeling your unbelief is your enemy. I don't care how related they are to you. I don't care how much they claim they love you. Anybody feeding your unbelief is your enemy, is, your, is the enemy of your destiny. Because you will never get to where God wants you to get to without believing God's word. In Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some blessings. But watch this, that blessing is encoded in a spiritual form. Because when God is talking to you, He's not talking to the physical person. He's talking to your spirit being. So the first person that is blessed is your spirit man. If you ignore that man, you're in trouble. That's the man that can translate it to the physical. He has to drag the mind. And then you see the outside reflection from the human spirit. Man was not designed to live outside in. Man was designed to live inside out. Man was not designed to live outside in. Man was designed to live inside out. Remember, you are made like God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created, He created, and created, and created. He gets to verse 26. God said, ah, let's make other people to function like us. The first thing He did was not to give you dominion. The first thing He did was to give you His image. Let us make man in our image. And after our superscription, then... Let him have dominion. So what did God do? And God said, light! Be! And there was light and he saw it. Which means he first of all saw it on the inside before he saw it on the outside. God has not designed you to live outside in. Wherever you have not been, you will never get there. If you go there by accident, you will lose it. If you jump up, you will come down. But when you grow up, you will stay there. Can somebody shout hallelujah? 
listen to me i am not trying to be spooky i'm not trying to be religious i'm telling you the whole truth god is not just going to bless you god has blessed you in fact what you call blessing is not the blessing is a product of the blessing the blessing is spiritual if you will i will tell you blessing is an anointing that's why the bible says the blessing of the lord makes rich rich riches is not blessing it produces riches and adds no sorrow the anointing can produce joy the anointing called blessing can produce a good marriage can give you good kids so it's encoded in the spirit realm and everything that is called blessing was actually accorded to that spirit man you cannot ignore that man that is your real self that is the man that we appear before god listen to me in that ephesians 1 3 that i read to you something beautiful happened in verse 4 and this can change your entire life the bible says just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world before the foundation of the world now shut your eyes and put your hand on your chest say i didn't just appear here See, I didn't just say, 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 I, he budgeted that I will not live in the days of Samson. He budgeted that I will not live in the days of Adam. He chose me to live in Nigeria at this point in time before the foundation of the world. That will reap you or it will lead low self-esteem. That will cancel fear in your life. You know, the, the, Fuel is expensive. God chose me to leave in this time before the foundation of the He knew it was going to be expensive. Can you, say, can you smell unbelief around you? Despite the fact that they saw it in the scripture, can, could you smell unbelief around you? Tap your neighbor and say, That is your problem. Now, I don't blame us, all of us, we deal with it. Because before we discovered ourselves, ourselves, the secular world already trained us. Can I say this to you? You've been trained by your enemy before you met yourself. Particularly if you live in this part of the world, Nigeria was not designed to be a country. It was designed to be a dumping ground. I don't know if you've read about the Berlin Conference of 1956. They said, no, we don't need to fight. Let's share them. So there's Francophone West African countries, there is this, there's that. Let's share them. It's industrial revolution, just a place where we don't. We should, every education, let's release them to be consumers. Oh yeah. You are not trained to be able to create. You are not trained to, to believe in, 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 in your talents and the God you serve. Even the Christianity was presented to you in a certain way. That till now you've not recovered. When you see someone do well, you say, ah, shouldn't do well. They presented it to you like a slave. And I'm not talking down on anybody, I'm telling you reality. But you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. <laughs> you know, I read something, my friend read something to me. When some person showed up from South Africa and appeared at the plantation, Slave plantation in America. I said, you guys are wasting money. I, when I was driving to this plantation, I saw that you hung one slave, you killed and I saw carcasses on the floor. He said, you're wasting resources. He said, this is how to keep slaves in place. Divide them. The taller ones, tell them they're more special than the shorter ones. The fairer ones, tell them they're better. An Indian thinks it's better than you because of the skin. So he thinks... Americans or British, then Arabs, then you are the last by their design. So when you see an Indian that is not saved, give you a cold shoulder. And this man said in his theory, he said, you will be able to keep them divided for 200 years. But listen, it's more than 200 years. It's a design. It's a design. Even if you are seated in this place and you feel you are better than the person sitting beside you, you are dealing with something. 
What you have, they lack. What they have, you lack. They're not better than anybody. You only have people that have not discovered themselves. When I invite people from America and they get, you know, to see our operations and they start asking questions, even with style, they don't want to admit. I laugh. I'm excited. I'm not racist, but I'm excited. When people even touch some of the things we do and say, what is this in Africa? I bend my head to the back a little bit. <laughs> Don't leave the design of the adversary. You shall know the truth. Tap your neighbor and say, I believe God. Say, I don't believe my circumstance. Say, I don't believe my experience. Say, I don't believe my past. Say, I believe the word of God. Say, I am what the Bible says I am. Did you see how you lower your voices because you still don't believe? That is what they call stronghold. Stronghold is not a demon. Stronghold is a mindset. Somebody asked me and said, what are stronghold? Things that hold you strong. They hold you down. That's why the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 4. Look at that. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. How do we pull down strongholds? Casting down imaginations and every high thing any doctrine any mindset any principle any postulation that exalts itself above the principles of Christ cast it down, gun it down that is how to deal with struggle people should meet you for one year and not know that you are a guilty man Your siblings should come around you and say, ah, we came out of the same womb. What is happening to you? Your principles are different. That is what they call real liberation. If you think like them, you see, in our culture, there are lots of things that are beautiful. But anything in any culture that is not in line with God's word, shoot it down. Shoot it down. Hallelujah. And not only our culture. Some of you are coordinating yourselves by the culture of America. America is fantastic, but they themselves are confused about some things. And those are the things you're embracing. Some of you that have not been to America, one of the things that will shock you is when you get there, you'll be asking, where are the people we see in the movies? Where are they? <laughs> this is just a make-believe. Somebody visited us to preach here. And I saw my children. You know what he told me? He said, Pastor Biona, I'm going to give birth to a son and give him, and give, and give you to raise, you, to raise him for me. Then you give me back. So because the way your sons are behaving, I don't understand what you've told them. I don't understand. These same things that you see in movies and embrace, there is no movie. Where they portray father as in charge. There's no movie where they portray father. He's always missing in action. He's always giving a wrong advice and the son now torpedoing the advice and becoming better in life. Father is always in the movies. Always that guy, yeah, repair the sink, throw away the trash. When they want to say it's good. Somebody has doctored this mindset. It is not Bible. It is not Bible. Any family where there are two heads. You know the only thing that's got two heads? A dragon. A dragon. And just because today is Father's Day, let me just take a detour and say something. To be a good father, you must learn to be a good son. 
If you are not a son to your heavenly father, there is no way you can be a good father to your son. And if a wife is not a support to the head, the entire body, the children will not do well. We had a, an American come to this place, and the first thing he said, maybe you've forgotten, say, you all don't look like what we saw on CNN. Because CNN showed them a part. When they want to show Africa, they show kids that, you know, flies are flying all over. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't look like that. They've never shown you. Never. Never. Media is a make-believe. If you go to the media to read something or hear something, and that's what forms your opinion. Some, if someone carries a camera here to show exactly what's going on, it is what he wants you to see that it will show. You have to be smart. That has bought into my time. Numbers 13, number 16. Did you gain something? So when they were about going to, you know, to the promised land, I said God will never expose you to what he doesn't want to give to you. He will always make you spy the land. So Bible explains the names of those that Moses called. They were supposed to be the elders to go spy the land. Bible exposed the names of those people that were called. And it gets to verse 16. I can't read everything. And he said, says, these are the names of the men who, who, who Moses sent to spy out the land. After mentioning all their names, then he called a guy called Osea, the son of Nun. They explained that he's the son of Nun so that you won't think he's someone else. And Moses, the pastor, renamed that leader and called him Joshua. Look at the KJV. Look at KJV. Look at KJV of verse 16. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. Moses called Oshia. And the son of Nun, he named him Jehoshua. Jehoshua means, Oshia means savior. Meaning, my grade saved me. Oh, I'm from a great family. I can speak plenty English. I'm gifted. Oh yeah, I will make it. And I returned and I found out that the race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong. Favor is not for men of skill. Bread is not for the wise. But time and opportunity happen to them all. Listen to me. Moses called all of them. And the guy leading them, he changed his name from, you can make it, you can do it, believe in yourself, do this, do that. He changed it to Jehovah has become your strength. Jehovah has become your salvation. So Caleb looked at his best friend called Joshua. He said, you mean I will never call you a shear again? Which means the land we are going. I'm not supposed to look at it and wait by my whims and caprice. I'm not supposed to wait by my strength. I'm not supposed to wait by my past. I'm not supposed to wait by my certification. I'm supposed to look at Jehovah. So that when you look at your problem, it's gigantic in proportion. And you look at Jehovah and see the bigness of Jehovah. By the time you turn to look at your problem, it becomes infinitesimally inconsequential. I don't know what you're dealing with today. The reason why you're weighed down is because you're measuring it by yourself. It's because you're looking at your account. You're looking at your pedigree, you are looking at what people say about you, you are looking at your pastor and your former weaknesses and you are saying well God cannot use me, I cannot become what I'm supposed to be, but if you look at Jehovah, I look at the bigness of God, that is why the greatest greeting I will greet you in this church is the Lord is your strength when God wants to lift up people in the Bible, all he does is to show up to say, the Lord is with you once the Lord is with you, it changes the equation. Once the Lord is with you, it changes the equation. Please listen to me. Don't get me wrong. Don't mishear me. Don't misconstrue me. I'm not sharing with you that you should fold your hands and just sit down and say, the pastor has said the Lord is my strength. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, so shall your poverty come like an armed man. That is not what I'm sharing with you. What I'm sharing with you is the horse is prepared for the day of the battle, but safety is of the Lord. Push your neighbor and say, I'm going to be prepared. 
Say, I'm going to do an extra course. Say, I'm going to upgrade myself. Say, I'm going to punish myself. Say, I'm going to do an extra course. Say, I'm going to find out how to do well in my career. But I will not lean on the arm of flesh. For safety is of the Lord. Ah, Psalm 44 verse 2. He said, they did not give possession of the land by their own sword. It was the sword of the Lord. It was because the Lord favored them. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Tap your neighbors and get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. God is taking you places where you don't merit. God is taking you places where you don't know that you're not able to handle yet. But God will take you there. He's taking you places where men feel you don't deserve. God is not going to consult your adversary to lift you up. The Bible says in Psalm 3, how many are my foes? Many have risen against me. Many have said concerning me that there's no help for me in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. It is possible for people to look down on you and think you never amount to anything, yet God will lift you up and take you to places where you belong. Come on, shake three people, say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Let me walk this thing more. I've got just a few more minutes. Let me walk in more. In, in, in Numbers 14, 24, so all of them went to the place to spy the land. They were supposed to go look for the people. Everybody couldn't go. But they chose the leaders. Those who were supposed to be the leaders to go spy out the land. When they got there, they began to operate in Oshia instead of operating Jehoshua. Guys, you know that the word Jehoshua is the name Jesus. That was why Moses used the rod. But Joshua did not use the rod. It was a speaking generation. I walked that out on Tuesday. Moses now said, look at 20, 23 everybody so that we can, you know, get context out of this. Oh, I wish, let me just read from here because of time. Uh, let me read from 22. For contest sake. Oh. 21. <laughs> okay, let's read from here. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. 22. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt. Listen, everybody, look at me. Signs and wonders don't make you believe God. You don't believe me? When you see signs and wonders, you're like, ha, ah, God is real. Now your mind says, wow, God is real. Your emotions stayed up. But if your spirit does not grasp it, after a week, you begin to say, mm, the person that they even said, well, where is he? Are we even sure? Those things appeal to your mind, your senses. You say, Thomas, you put your hand by my side. Is that why you believe? Say, more blessed are those who didn't put their hand, but believe. That's a higher dimension. Alright? Look at that. So these guys saw signs. They saw wonders. Which I did in Egypt. And the wilderness. God took the food of angels and gave them. Yet they were still in unbelief. Alright? And I put me to test now ten times. And I've not heeded my voice. So miracles don't change people. There's teachings that bring faith. And I'm not saying that miracles are not fantastic. They are. We see a lot here. They certainly shall not see the land which I saw to their fathers. Nor shall any of those see how God sees unbelief rejected me. Will not see it. Tap your neighbor, say unbelief is not my friend. Say, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, and has followed me fully. King James says, followed me wholly. Fully. 
him will I bring to the land wherein he went and his seed also shall possess it. If you've not been listening to me, I want to ask you a question. Twelve spies went to spy the land. How many people entered the land? Only two. What was the difference between the twelve, the remaining ten and the two? The two believed. The ten did not believe. Do you blame this ten that did not believe? Did they not see giants? Did they not see giants? Did they not see houses that these were sons of Enoch, half demons, half humans? Did they not see them? Why do you blame them? You are supposed to look at the word and know what you see. The aspect where you are looking at what the word says and not what your circumstance is saying is the aspect right now that you are experiencing victory. Could it be? Could it just be? That while you are saying, God, show up. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. But your eyes are looking at the things that are seen. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, Why we look not at the things that are seen? I want to ask you another question. Did Caleb not see those giants? He saw the giants. Did Joshua not see those guys? He saw those guys. But those guys said to themselves, Yes, we saw them. But I chose not to. My brother, January, you already started a company. Said, I will make it. You went to one office. They said, oh, no, there's no contract here. Went to another person. They said, uh, who is your godfather? He said, I don't have anything. You, you, know, you know what you did? You saw those things and retired. You wanted to start oil. They said, uh, so where are you coming from? I said, I'm coming from my village. <laughs> they laughed at you. He is a cabal. I prophesy to you. You will enter the gate of Jericho. By favor, by fire, you will enter the gate of Jericho. If policies need to change, policies will be changed. But it's a kingdom strategy that will bring down the wall of Jericho. I see you doing the unusual. I see you touching the intangible. I see you seeing the invisible. I see you treading in terrains that your forefathers have never treaded. I've seen you moving. I'm seeing you moving to new echelons of success. If that's you, shout amen three times, somebody. God, when God is introduced into a circumstance, the game changes. Yeah, it's possible you've not seen many examples of this. So as I'm preaching to you, I'm not speaking to your mind. A woman, when she receives a seed from her husband, she doesn't receive it in her stomach. Stomach is for food. Womb is for reproduction. The mind is not where you believe. Your spirit is where you believe. Once it hits the womb and it fertilizes, you will see a whole baby. What I'm talking to you about today, if you receive it by faith, in a couple of months, you will come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what is happening. As I sat with somebody not too long ago, and he reminded me, he said, this time two years ago, I did not have transport to church. This time two years ago. He's one of the greatest givers here. He's doing well, helping people. I can never forget a brother who called me to come and dedicate eateries, about four. And he shared with me, he said, Pastor, last year I came to church with a taxi. Remember the brother that shared a testimony here? Who came to church and was always looking at people's cars. And some couple of weeks ago, government agencies met him. And the first time he would have a car, he had two at once. There's a brother where we were at ICC. He's no longer in Nigeria right now who was struggling received this word one Sunday he dedicated 18 cars for his company 18, we counted like this 18 I've seen things as a pastor 
Now you see people, you don't know where they're coming from. I remember when I meet people, how they come in. And I'm not saying it's the church, it's Jesus. But listen to me, you are what you eat. <laughs> that thing I said, if you think about it very well, you are what you eat. If you are feeding on the word of God that somebody is talking you down, telling you you go to hell every day, that's what you're going to become. But if you receive what I'm sharing with you by faith, not trying to figure out how is it going to be, that is who you're going to be. That is how I got here. If there's any level God has taken me to, that is how I got here. I can tell you scriptures for everything you see in this place that I sat down with. Nobody in this church can say, and I'm not bragging, but it's just a statement of fact that we've come to knock on the door to say, please, there's a need. We want, even when we were small, we believed God. That is how things are done. That's how things are done. Or maybe you paid one heavy tithe, then we figured out that, ah, for this man to drop one million, there's ten million. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk to him. Never. Never. Hallelujah. Amen. Tap your neighbor say, I rest on God. So the moment you understand that you've been blessed with every blessing like that, all you need to do is to cooperate with God. When you see people that are still saying, um, does prayer work? Should we pray? Uh, I don't want to give examples. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. You see people that don't understand what is going on. When you see people that understand what is going on, when we are praying, you, you will look at them and say, Wow! The way he's dressed, he looks rich. For him to still be praying like this, he knows something. When it's time for praise, the way they dance is different. Because they understand something. When I hear people say things like, I'm a self-made man. I laugh. Particularly when some people are more than 50 years old. I'm like, at 50, you still don't get it. <laughs> Psalm 124 and verse 1 Quickly look at that Psalm 124 and verse 1 If it had not been for the Lord Who was on our side Let Israel now say If it had not been for the Lord Who was on our side When men rose up against us Verse 3 They would have swallowed us alive When their wrath was kindled against us Verse 4 then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our souls. Verse 5. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our souls. Blessed be the Lord. You see, when people don't thank God. <laughs> they, a fool does not say out of his mouth that there is no God. He says in his heart. When I see how you coordinate yourself before God, I know what you are thinking. And I know your mindset. That's why people don't sustain victory. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Verse 7, we're going to verse 8. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Somebody shout and say, the snare is broken. Say, I have escaped. Verse 8, our help is where? In the name of the Lord who made the heaven. Tap your neighbor, say we are brilliant. Say we are excellent. Say we are diligent. We are hard working. We are strategic. But our help is in the name of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you call God your help, you switch on kingdom. You may not be perfect. But you switch on kingdom. Let me show you one. I've got 10 more minutes. John chapter 2 verse 1. That's going to be my... Before I say, let me check. Second to the last scripture. I'm reading from verse 1 to 11. I need to read it to you. Because when I read it again recently, I realized that I knew the story, but I didn't know the details. Hallelujah. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. 
Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. That must be a close relation. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Verse 4. Jesus said to her woman, my hour has not come for me to be revealed. Verse 5. His mother said to his servant, to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Verse 6. Now there were there were six water pots of stones, according to the manner of purification of Jews, containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. Verse 8. Then Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now. When? When? Take it. Don't taste it. Take it to the master of the feast. And they did so. Verse 9. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, did not know where it came from. Huh. After this service, the flavor of your life in your industry, they will not know where it is from. You'll be a new flavor in that industry. If you believe it, shout amen three times. When the master of the ceremony tasted the water that had been made, he did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. You see, everybody will look at you and say, Ah, that man, he, he has business sense. But you will know. <laughs> it was water that I put here. I just cooked it. But never say it in front of your enemies. No, no, that, 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 that pastor, he, he, he knows how to put people together. He knows how to... <laughs> But any smart person in God will, will know. In fact, when you begin to operate like this, you are shocked yourself. And God doesn't have any problem with people praising you. The only thing is don't receive worship. And return the glory to him. But you must know that this is not me. There's something extra about me. When the master of the feast had tasted it, but the Bible says, the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. Look at 10. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, the, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. Verse 11. This is the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Ladies and gentlemen. Where did Mary know that Jesus could do something about the circumstance? If this was his first miracle. Josephus, a historian, said his father had taken a very expensive job. Pine from Lebanon. And he mistakenly cut the, the wood and couldn't find it anymore. There's no way he would have been able to deliver the job. Jesus just told him, God, don't worry. He stretched the wood. And it became the normal side. He's been doing stuff at home. But never showed anybody in the public. And then, Mary said, listen, I will not let my relative be disgraced. Jesus, you can do this. He said, look, 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 look. Woman, it's not time for me to be revealed. Please, don't let me... You know what she said? Because she's known that when he did things at home, there was one condition. Whatever he tells you. You'll be blessed with, with everything you need. But to bring it to alignment, whatever he tells you. You cannot tell me that you believe God and what he tells you, you don't want to do it. Now this is different from what you've ever heard. But I'll say it. I also just knew. So I'm not bragging that I've always known. The Holy Spirit told me some weeks ago, 
He said, every problem a believer has is an unbelief problem. So a believer that steals, and it's not new. Paul said, let those who stole, steal no more. But walk with their own hand, that they may give to everyone that is in need. So since the day of Apostle Paul, even when salvation was fresh, Christians were stealing. <laughs> it's because something told you that God can provide for you. That was why you had to steal. To steal is very risky. What if you were caught? But something told you that if you didn't steal, God could not provide for you. Same thing with people. Can we fill in the blanks while you give you more examples? Fill in the blanks. Anything. Anything. The reason why I sleep with men is because I'm in trouble. It's because something told you that God cannot provide for you. The reason why you are doing computer scam is because you didn't know that there's a provision in your covenant. Now, Interpol is looking for you. Even coming to church, you are sneaking. Am I talking? It's because something told you. If you had known, not too long ago we went to a place and they were telling us about a Christian um, father and mother that said, look, this suffering is too much. We have five children. Let's just use one to do jazz for money. Mm-hmm. They will build a house. The house will crack. You know, several stuff like What will make a Christian do that? It's because of unbelief. And what causes unbelief when you are not well taught? Jesus went to his hometown and he marveled at the unbelief. And the Bible says he went straight to the village and began to teach because teaching is the antidote to unbelief. For faith comes by hearing. So if you are dealing with unbelief, possibly you know, the problem is I just don't know how to believe. You've been hanging around friends that have been feeding your unbelief. All you do is to watch, you know, you know those things you watch. I don't want to mention anything. You, that's all you watch. You don't read your Bible. You don't buy tapes. You don't feed your spirit. Your spirit is crying every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mind is so much educated. You know, the, you watch movies, you write, you speak plenty English. But, Life circumstances do not, does not understand phonetics. You need to operate inside out. Everything you are dealing with today. The reason why you are not a giver is because, you, don't, is because you believe that if you give what you had, God will not replenish it. That's why it is dangerous not to give. But the, 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 the beautiful thing is, in fact, don't let me call it beautiful, dilemma is, the American dilemma, is when you die, you die in hope that Jesus will raise you. You know you've never died before. You die and say, oh, Jesus, you'll go and look at every scripture about resurrection. Say, yeah, it will, it will raise me from the dead. And you die in hope. If you do not believe that if you give, God can raise back your money. How do you think God can raise back your soul? It's a very dangerous circumstance you're finding yourself. Unbelief is not your friend. Unbelief is not your friend. And it's a close. Hallelujah. So, say whatever he asks you, do it. And he said, fill the water pots. Those guys did it very well. They filled it to the brim. He said, go and give the master of ceremony. Ah! They're like, you want to disgrace us? So the miraculous is wrapped up in the ridiculous. He scooped it. The guy was tempted to taste it. So no, let me do. I've heard that whatever he tells me to do, I should do it. He gave it to the guy and he was shocked. 
that somewhere from the time the water was cooped and when it was delivered, it became wine. And by the time it returned to the pot, all of them became wine. Now, I want to leave you with these thoughts. How can a natural mind think of that? Natural mind cannot receive that. I mean, imagine me saying, um, <clears throat> guys, um, anytime wine finished in your event, you can call on Jesus. People will laugh at me. <laughs> See, what, what nonsense is that? No antecedent to that effect. But Jesus Christ showed you that he can do anything. No word from God is void of power. Now you guys, imagine that you know, you're watching ants operate. The crumb of bread that 30 of them carry, you can kick it. In your mind, when you are looking at God's word, you are thinking of your father. Men will promise you things. When they are promising you, they wanted to do it. But because they are men, things happen, they can't do it. Some, when they are promising you, they knew they would not do it. <laughs> From the time they are saying, they knew they would not do it. But God announces and says, I'm not a man. That should lie. I'm not a man. That I should lie. Bible does not say that God does not lie. Bible says God cannot lie. There's a difference. If God looks at you and calls you a man, by the time you look and come back, you become a man. He calls the things that be not, and they become that thing. He can't. If he looks at you and says, you are tall. By the time you look and come back, you become tall. Because that was how he created the earth. Forever, O oh God, your word is settled in heaven. The Bible says he declares the end from the beginning. You know, some of us don't understand that thing. You know when I want to write a book, I start from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, to the end. You want to act a movie, you start like that, to the end. But God does not start like that. God starts from the end. He's the president of Nigeria. He's the senator of the Federal Republic. He's the governor. Uh, is House of Assembly members. Uh, since we already know the end, can we drop him in one remote village? Let him just start anywhere. So that the excellency of that end will not be anybody. So sometimes you look at where you started from and start judging and say, Lord, uh, they give a prophecy, they pray for you. Say, oh, it's not, it couldn't be me. Because where I started from, listen to me, God has seen the end. So it comes to the beginning. And declares the end. God does not allow anything to start that he has not finished. But believe me, you can mess up what God has finished by unbelief. Out of 2.5 million people, the people that were over 40, none of them saw the promised land. But those who believed, I conclude with you, unbelief is not your friend. Let us pray. Touch my heart, oh Lord. I want to hear your voices. I don't need backup. Make it ever true. Yes, Lord. Touch my heart, oh Lord. May I be like you. May I be like you. Pray that prayer with me. Touch my heart, oh God. Touch my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. I can hear your voices closer. Touch my heart, oh May I be like you. May I be like you. Hallelujah. Touch my heart, oh God. Touch my heart, oh Somebody pray that prayer with me. Like never before, touch my heart, oh God. May I be in every way. 
Just everybody, Father, I thank you. We've heard your word today, and I pray for your sons and your daughters in this place. The Lord, you make this moment a life changing impact. Let today be the first day of the rest of our lives. Let something old stop, let something new start. In the name of Jesus, I command every stronghold to be shifted by the power of your word. The Lord, the word spoken today will find roots in the hearts of your sons and your daughters. Lives will not remain the same. Thank you, Father. In Jesus.